Well, well, well. I received stunning feedback and unanimous requests for a weekly episode. So, my friends, I shall do my best to deliver. I would also like to take this opportunity to thank you. Thank you all for listening. I cannot accurately convey how much it means to me. When last we left our adorable scamp, Thomas, he had learned a lesson about the consequences of his actions, as well as receiving and accepting a job offer from the blacksmith. As excited as Thomas was, however, he still had a problem, how to wake up on time for his first day at work. He decided to put in a call to Mother Nature, and drank half a gallon of water just before bed. (laughs) So, without further ado, the continuation, episode two of Thomas Tales, on the Tall Guy with the Short Stories podcast. Before daybreak, Thomas awoke, feeling excitement tingling all over him, and the urgency to use the privy driving him out of his bed and to the trees outside. After his bladder had been emptied and his sleepy thoughts began to clear, he remembered in a rush that today was his first day working at the smithy, and excitement shot down his spine. At this realization and excitement, Thomas began to prepare for his first day. Many was the time that he'd been caught unprepared during an adventure, and necessity had made him plan ahead. Occasionally. He'd bring an old pair of gloves that he found on one of his nighttime wanderings, and a hat. The boy was a keen observer, and paid attention to how the sparks jumped when the smith swung his hammer. He'd be happy for the hat. He walked along until he got to the smithy, near the stables. Thomas was surprised that he could already hear one of the big hammers the smith used to shape metal, chiming out its song. The boy quickened his pace, fearing the blacksmith would think him late. He came into the smithy in a rush, words of apology nearly out of his mouth before he even opened the door. The big smithy, Thomas didn't even know his name, looked up quickly, almost startled. But he relaxed instantly and shook his head, beckoning Thomas forward. You're no late, lad. He then gestured at the tools he had laid out in front of them, pointing a large finger at them. He intoned, You keep those clean enough to eat off them, boy, eh? Before Thomas were smaller versions of the smith's main tools. A hammer with a broad flat head and a smaller chisel backside. A smaller hammer, almost identical to the first. A pair of tongs, a leather work scarred apron, and thick leather gloves. The big smith leaned down and looked Thomas in the eyes. First off, you be safe in here, lad. Secondly, you'll do as I tell you. He saw the hat that Thomas had brought with him, and a smile ghosted over his rough features. I'd wear this instead. He handed Thomas what looked like a bowler hat without the rim. It was made of leather and had a few burn scars trailing from the crown to the edge. Thomas stared back at the smith unblinking. He held himself rigidly straight. As he looked back into the smith's eyes, a feeling welled in his chest. He felt as if this was the beginning of a very long journey, and his feet itched with his desire to be about it, and quickly. Yes, sir, he replied solemnly. I will, sir. The crafter waved a very large hand in an abrupt, slashing motion, a motion that Thomas would quickly learn to understand was a negative gesture. No, sirs, call me Smith, the big man said. All right, Smith, Thomas answered. That first day was full of learning, learning and very hard, very long work, but the boy marveled at what he was experiencing. Every new aspect of this craft was new to him. Every nook and cranny held some new wonder. He felt his face stretch into a smile throughout his introduction, and began to daydream about the new possibilities that stretched boundlessly before him. Thomas blinked, 
The sound shocked him back into the moment and he found the smith glowering at him. Pay attention, lad, eh? The boy nodded and shook his head, quickly bringing his focus back to the work. It was not a difficult task. The job he was being given was hard enough to keep his focus and interesting enough to do the same. It had a double team effect on him, and he set to with vigor. The smith had laid out a long row of nails. They were still connected by a thin piece of metal that was left over from the founding process. The smith instructed the boy in the way of separating them neatly, filling a rough homespun sack with them, tying the necks of the sacks and carrying them to where they belonged. After the new apprentice had carried four or five of these sacks, he noticed that his muscles were beginning to burn with fatigue, and sweat was pouring down his small body. He smiled, as he once again remembered the dream with his older self. In that dream, the elder Thomas's arms had been burly, his chest wide, and his neck thick. The small sweating boy smiled, and continued working at a steady pace, until the smith interrupted him. Oi, food, said the burly smith. Already? asked the boy. The smith chuckled in reply, and opened the door to what was his dwelling place. He made a motion for Thomas to enter, but the boy had never been invited into anyone's home before, and he paused a beat before entering the smith's. The man's hand covered the boy's shoulder and began steering him inside. So, Thomas entered the smith's home. As his eyes adjusted to the light, Thomas could barely keep his jaw from dropping. The room was easily the most beautiful room Thomas had ever seen. There wasn't anything on the walls, and the starkness gave way to their natural beauty. The grain of wood, the imperfections in the knots, the care that was taken in crafting every piece perfectly to fit next to its neighbor in such a fashion that it seemed fundamentally right, as though nature herself had grown it that way. There was a stove, smoking in the far corner. Next to it sat a heavy table. On the stove's opposite sat a small table and two chairs. One of the chairs seemed to look much newer than the other, and to this newer chair the smith steered Thomas. Thomas sat and wondered what to say, but since he couldn't think of anything, he sat quietly and watched the smith. The big man uncovered a plate full of biscuits on the large table. He also sliced off several pieces of deep orange cheese and what looked like two small chickens from the icebox in the opposite corner from the stove. He laid the three plates on the table in front of Thomas and sat in the opposite chair. Thomas suddenly found himself ravenous, and as he slowly, timidly reached for a slice of cheese, he noticed the big man on the other side of the table already had a big bite of chicken in his mouth and was chewing with his eyes closed, apparently savoring the flavor. Thomas abandoned his shyness and stuffed the slice of cheese into his mouth whole. Or at least he tried to. It broke apart in several places, but Thomas didn't mind. He carefully picked up every broken piece and stuffed it in his mouth in turn. The crafter chuckled again, and Thomas looked up to find the man watching him. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, Smith, said Thomas. The smith smiled broadly and nodded his acknowledgement. Just then there was a knock upon the door they had entered. Thomas started, but the smith almost seemed to be expecting it. He grunted and nodded, then rose to see to whoever had knocked. I have a confession to make. I love disc golf. There, I said it. If you're like me, and you also like disc golf, why don't you go to evolutiondiscs.com. Upon your checkout, enter the code CDS for 10% off. They've got all the molds you're looking for. They've got bags. They've got powder bags. They've got range finders. They've got <laughs> really anything. Go ahead and give them a look. EvolutionDiscs.com. Don't forget to use code CDS for 10% off at checkout.
And now we get back to the story. When we left Thomas, someone had just come in while Thomas and the smith were having lunch. It was the huntsman, smiling broadly. Has the young rascal questioned both of your ears off, friend smith? Asked the old hunter with a little more stretch to his old smile. I kept him too busy to speak, replied the big crafter. But then he winked at the huntsman in such a way that Thomas would notice, and they all chuckled. The huntsman tore off a chicken leg and bit into it. As he chewed, he seemed to have his eyes glued to Thomas. Eat up, lad. The smith here didn't get as big as he is by taking small portions, <laughs> he intoned. After he had chewed and swallowed that first bite, he then immediately filled his mouth with more. For the next twenty minutes, the three ate in silence. As soon as Thomas realized how thirsty he was, he looked up to find a large, cold glass of milk in front of him on the table. He took the glass happily and thirstily drained half of it in one pull. Then he let out a satisfied exhale before turning back to his food. The food was amazing. He ate everything he had put on his plate, and just when he was about to ask if he could have a touch more, both the smith and the old hunter deposited more food on his plate. The boy looked up bemused, and the two men smiled and chuckled. Never did meet a young man who didn't want second helpings, said the old man, just after he barked out a laugh. The big smith nodded, and Thomas smiled as he chewed his newest bite of lunch. The smith and his apprentice had lunch with the huntsman, and Thomas never thought he'd felt so important. They ate happily, told jokes, laughed easily, and then returned to work after both the hunter and the crafter had filled their pipes and smoked. As Thomas returned to work, he heard the smith and hunter speaking quietly with one another. After a few minutes, the smith came back and grabbed a double handful of the nails Thomas was separating. If he was afraid of the sharp nails, it did not show. Soon the smith was there again, inspecting his work and alerting Thomas that it was time for a short break. They were tired to the coolness of the crafter's home. The boy graciously accepted a mug of what he thought to be water and thirstily guzzled a few gulps before realizing it was cold coffee, apparently from this morning. However, the smithy had added sweet cream. The coolness of the creamy beverage seemed to flow through Thomas's body, and he relaxed visibly in his chair. After his coffee was gone, the smith filled his mug with cold water and bade Thomas empty it before they sat quietly for a bit, Thomas rubbing his forearms. The crafter made a thoughtful sound and gently but firmly took hold of the boy's arms to inspect them. He poked and prodded his forearms and then concluded, You'll be sore, but that'll be enough for you today, lad and produced seven silver coins for Thomas. Awkwardly, and with some part of his mind screaming, Thomas told the smith, Sir, I... The smith smoothly interjected with his title, Smith. Thomas stopped, took a breath, and began speaking again. Smith, I can keep working. And besides, I've not worked a full day. I don't deserve the whole seven. The smith began to chuckle softly. Trust me, lad. Rest up. Oh, and follow me. The crafter took Thomas to a small shed behind the smithy, where there was a pump and a small privately closed-off area for bathing. There was also two big scrubby brushes on the end of a stick, a few clean washcloths stacked neatly near the door, and a few big bars of homemade soap scented with some sort of flower the boy wasn't familiar with. Bathe every day, lad, and leave it like you found it. Go home now, same time tomorrow, and pointed toward the old jailhouse. Thomas availed himself of the bathing area, began home, and only after the first five minutes of walking did he notice that his arms began to feel very heavy. He began retracing his work today, trying to think of ways to do his new job faster, better. And then a small detail sparked in his mind, something he almost missed. 
The smith pointed directly at the old abandoned jailhouse. Thomas had never told the man where he lived. The next few weeks were full of more learning and more work. Thomas had been very sore that second day, but the smith began leaving large tankards of water near the boy as he worked. As he drank the water, some of the pain in his muscles eased. The smith kept Thomas so busy that he didn't have the time to get into any trouble. He also hadn't time to play with Brandon and Will, and due to the payments of the smith and the availability of food on Main Street, Thomas hadn't even been fishing. He used to fish for the food, but as he became more adept, he began to enjoy fishing very much, and as he thought about his lack of fishing, realized he missed it. Just then there was a knock at the rear door of the jailhouse. Thomas started and wondered who might be knocking, but before he began to grow nervous, an old voice piped up from the other side of the door. Lad! Oi! Thomas! called the voice of the huntsman. I have news for you, lad. Come let me in. I don't want to run afoul of your traps. Thomas hurried to the door and pulled slowly open. The sand in the hinges grunted and groaned loudly. Um, welcome, sir, the boy said in a small voice. The old hunter peered around the room slowly, his old eyes seeming to take in absolutely everything. Thomas waited patiently, but nervously. This was his home. He wanted the approval of the old man deeply. After several long moments, the old man's craggy face split into a smile. The sand in the hinges is a nice touch. Oftentimes, would-be burglars are easily frightened by unexpected noises. Sandy hinges will probably give them all the incentive they need to run. Thomas nodded, beaming at the old man's praise. Yes, sir, I, I thought so too. He was so pleased that the hunter noticed his door idea, he thought he might actually float. Lad, said the huntsman, a serious cast to his eye, I've a mind to take you hunting on your next day off. Now I've spoken to the smith and he agrees a hunt will be good for you. He will join us in four days' time. Thomas was in awe. First a new job that paid, and now he was going hunting. In four days, he was going hunting with his boss and the old man he had long considered a friend. Thomas was beyond himself with delight. He thanked the old man, and then found himself with more questions. What will we be hunting? He asked, not really caring at the answer. Will I be able to use a bow? He'd seen bows and arrows and crossbows before, but as they were expensive, he never had the opportunity to use them. How long do you think it will... Quiet! grumped the old huntsman. Thomas silenced himself as several other questions began to sift themselves through his brain. We shall take some deer if we are able, explained the old man. It's been some time since the civic servants had fresh venison. We shall see if we can treat them, hmm? Have you ever been hunting, boy? Thomas shook his head in a negative and was about to ask more questions when the huntsman found an old box to sit on, took out his pipe, filled and lit it, then began to ramble on about hunting to Thomas. They spent the next hour that way, Thomas smiling broadly as the old man went on and on. But ever lurking in the back of the boy's head was his sheer and exuberant excitement about the upcoming hunt. Another sponsor for today's episode is Meech's Minis. 
Now, if you go to Etsy.com and you type in that little search bar, Meechs Minis, M-E-A-C-H-S-M-I-N-I-S, you will find some artwork from a true genius. Not only can the man paint minis, he can also modify them for you. I mean, depending on what you want to do. But don't take my word for it. Go on over and take a look at some of the things he's done. They're absolutely fantastic. Truly. That evening, it seemed a silent but very tangible shift happened in Thomas's friendship with the old hunter. But perhaps it was more of a shift in his own mind. It seemed to the boy, as he sat there listening to tales from the old man, that his life had changed. He'd always been focused on the day he was currently living in, just trying to eat enough to keep his belly from grumbling, stealing where necessary, most times, and just getting by. But now, he had plans responsibilities, and with those came others, freedoms, food. For all his life, Thomas had never eaten so good as he did the last month. He also noticed that when he was carrying things, it wasn't so hard anymore. His arms were gaining muscle, his chest becoming more defined with the physical labor. Thomas half listened to the hunter and mused about what had become of him, until at some point, the boy was never sure when, he fell asleep. The words of the old man rambling of his passions, putting the boy to sleep as surely as a lullaby. And as he slept, another dream played itself out in his slumber. Thomas was out in the woods. It was cool, brisk, more than likely early morning. He looked around himself and saw the lush greenery filling every available space, the sense of the plants and animals all blending into a heady aroma that smelled of nothing so much as life. The smith was there, dressed in leathers quite different from his working garb. The huntsman as well was there, and also dressed quite differently. But the leather he wore seemed so natural on the old man that it almost resembled a second skin. Thomas himself wore what he always wore. There were no words in this dream. The old hunter simply stalked through the forest, the smith and his apprentice following as closely and quietly as they could. The wind began to grow more restless and colder. Birds began to fly away from their wind-disturbed branches. Smaller animals were also in abundance, making their way south, same as the birds. Thomas began to feel very uneasy, and hoped for a moment where he could ask the smith if everything was okay. But before that moment came, there was a loud crack, and rain began to fall heavy and fast on the three hunters. It became difficult for Thomas to keep pace with the two other men, his footsteps sliding and slipping underneath him. He wished to call out to the smith and hunter, but his voice wouldn't work and they continued to stalk into the gloom, slowly leaving Thomas behind, alone, in the sheer, impenetrable darkness. Well, once again, my friends, I would like to take this time to say thank you for stopping in and listening to another short story with me. Be sure to subscribe and follow and share the more people that listen to this podcast, the more podcasts I can create. So don't forget to tell your friends and really anybody. Shoot, I tell people at the grocery store. Also, you should be able to rate the podcast now. After two episodes are published, you should be able to rate everything. So go ahead and give me all the stars you can. I'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to contact me, you can also email me at tallguyshortstories at gmail.com. That's stories with a Z. Once again, that's tallguyshortstories at gmail.com. 
it has been my pleasure to read to you the second episode of Thomas Tales, here on the Tall Guy with the Short Stories podcast. <laughs>